Stamper is better known as the DJ Black Madonna, and she began her career in the late 90s, selling mixtapes by underground DJs at raves in Midwestern warehouses and fields, and she's come a long way since then, performing at clubs and halls and festivals all around the world, teaching all the legendary children about Chicago House, disco, and techno. Maria continues to support more marginalized voices represented in the electronic music scene and isn't afraid to vocalize her political and social views ultimately working to help diversify the community. Black Madonna's here in the studio with me back at home in Chicago. Welcome home and welcome to Vocalo. I am so happy to be back in Chicago. Well, let's talk uh, talk a little bit about Chicago here in a second, but I want to start from the beginning. The Black Madonna didn't uh, expect the pictures to come up that I saw when I Googled it at first, but I've, I've seen you DJ, but it's always in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those names that if you grew up with that particular Catholic icon, it's completely unsurprising. Yeah. And if you didn't, then you might be surprised. But I would say there's not a Polish bakery in this city that doesn't have one hidden somewhere. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I grew up Catholic and uh, named myself for my mom's favorite favorite saint. And then also when I went to Europe for the first time, you would know very quickly which cities have black Madonnas in them. Mm-hmm. There's a, a about... About 700, I think, in in Europe. That's where they are European icons yeah. and statues and so on. And um, when I would play in a city that has one, you would know it because it's like people would just go completely crazy in a totally different way. Because they knew what you were on about. Totally. <laughs> That's amazing. Do European crowds, are they different by region? I can't imagine that like... A Naples crowd and like an Ibiza crowd are the same crowd. Right. Yeah. They, they're very different. It, you know, Ibiza is sort of this wash of all the different techno tourists. Yeah. <laughs> That's a term I never heard before, but I know exactly what. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of Italians, a lot of Brits on holiday. But yes, every part of the world has its own very specific flavor. And um, that is one of the best parts of touring. Let's get in the Wayback Machine, Black Madonna. You got into this business pretty much full-time at a very young age. You were just a kid when you started selling these tapes at parties. And and one would think, at that age, you're just a sponge for like that scene and very moldable at that age. What do you remember from those times? Do you miss anything about that kind of analog days of partying? You know, I saw a picture of myself from that era recently. And I was so shocked at how young I looked <laughs> because I felt so old. You know, I felt really sophisticated and grown up. Yeah. And I saw this picture of myself and I look like I'm five. <laughs> and I think in some ways I, I hit that time at exactly the right moment. Yeah. Because as you said, you know, you really are moldable. And that's the period of time when most of us develop our, our deep sense of music and um there are things about it, surely, that I, I miss, but I, I do think there's a tendency to romanticize it and to also not show 
gratitude for the amazing period of dance music that we're in now, Mm -hmm. where we have infinite access to the incredible underground artists. You know, it is what you make of it. And some might say that there's, you know, too much access and too many people making too much music. And there's an argument to be made for that. But, you know, I think that's just a part of the time that we're in. But if you look at it the right way and, and take advantage of those tools, this is this is the best time that we've ever had for dance music in some ways because we have the entire history going back to the, the 70s and even the 60s with soul and funk. And we have house music and we have all of that. And then we have what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And and it, for me, it's just such a phenomenal time to stand at that precipice and yeah. look back, but also look forward, which is what dance music is always doing. I'm Jill Hopkins. You're listening to Vocalo. Joining me in the studio, Black Madonna. I love that you are using your platform as a DJ to uh, promote the advocacy that you are. You are doing a great job of representing for women, for women over 40, which I appreciate. I'm, I'm 39 right now, and there's a lot of us out here. We're here. We, we still exist. We still exist. We don't just fold up into ourselves once we hit 35. That's... I know, right? I did not disappear like the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> How do you go about using what you play and where you play as a way to educate and inform, and, and what issues do you hope to draw attention to in your work? Well, some of it I, I talk about online and some of it I don't. Um, there are things like the Equalizing Music campaign that was a, a, a big thing that I was a part of to, or, and still am to try to double the number of women headliners in, in music, in dance music. That's been a huge thing that I've been involved with for a few years now. It started with me going to Uganda mm-hmm. to meet with uh, some women who DJ there and have a collective and I became really close with them and it expanded into this much larger global thing that is still going on now. And then some things are just kind of my own thing. I, I, not everything that I work on do I, I promote. I'm very invested in prison abolition. That's something that I think is really important for for women mm-hmm. in particular. You know, a big mean feminist and uh, <laughs> solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get in trouble with that all the time. I was going to ask if you ever got any pushback there. We just came here to dance. What are you doing? Oh, I get the worst stuff in the world. I've, the internet is um, is great. It is a unifying force, and it can be a very divisive force. I remember there was a, a there was a picture uh, when I was in Ibiza once mm-hmm. that somebody put on their Instagram where I was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt um, to a show, and somebody had commented underneath, you know, with some All Lives Matter stuff, and you know, I just took the opportunity to to speak back to it mm-hmm. in a place that is not typically very political. Yeah, Ibiza not known for its. Uh, you don't hear about the. The Women's March on Ibiza. Never. <laughs> if they have one, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll DJ it. But those are the kinds of things I think you just kind of have to say. It's always the right time to do the right thing mm-hmm. and to say the right thing. And nobody gets it right all the time. But um, I'm in a position to speak to a lot of people. And I'm the same person that I was before I got to speak to a lot of people. And I still care about the same things that I always did and, and even new things. 
because I've met so many people and I've been able to travel the world and there's nothing that um, you can do for yourself that uh, will expand your way of looking at the world more than really traveling. You know, when you meet, you know, queer women in Uganda, when you go to St. Petersburg and meet trans girls that have to hide or mm-hmm. whatever, it it personalizes those things in a way that... Um, you know, it's not enough to say this is what I believe or this is what's in my heart. You know, mm. you have to you have to tie your horses together and show up for people. A lot of the things that I believe now are not theories; they're they're people. Jill Hopkins. You're listening to The Morning Amp. It's Vocalo. DJ Black Madonna is joining me in the studio today. What about Chicago made you the DJ that you are today? The globetrotting sensation, Black Ooh, Madonna. <laughs> it is it is hard out here. Just your average DJ is so good. And the people that have day-to-day jobs and dance music are so excellent and their depth is so deep and their breadth is so wide. It's not just a record store, it's gramophone, it's not just a club, it's smart bar, it's not just a Sunday night DJ, it's Derek Carter. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. like this city in and of itself and there's a lot of pressure in that. Yeah. And and there and there can be some gatekeeping because I'm not from here. But neither is Derek Carter. No, but we claim you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, yeah, Derek Carter's from Compton. And Frankie Knuckles was from New York. So I just want to put that on the record. Somebody said that to me once. Somebody said, you're not, she's not even from Chicago. And I was like, whoa, nobody tell him where Frankie's from. <laughs> DJ yeah, yeah, this is not, not going to go well for you, my friend. <laughs> but I have been here, you know, I'm 40 now and I moved here as soon as I graduated college. And I've been here long enough. And I came here because I wanted to be around the best DJs and I would have done anything to work in in dance music and by God I did. Yeah. I did every terrible job that you could do <laughs> from cleaning out rat traps to scraping gum out of the booth in Smart Bar to no rat traps in Smart Bar. This was a, at a record label I worked at. <laughs> you know, I really I would have done anything and I I was so singularly focused on advancing and and trying to get better and to learn. Yeah. And this was a great place to do it because you know, you can't just show up and play some raggedy MP3s. It's, <laughs> you're going to have to bring the heat. This is Vocalo. I'm Joe Hopkins. It's the Black Madonna. So let's pay a, a little homage to uh, the place that embraced you as the home club once you got here. We spoke a little before about Smart Bar and uh, its place in your heart, uh, yeah. but it's got a, it's got a very special place in the city's heart. It's iconic uh, with a with a really firm history with some of the best DJs in the city, and you had a hand in that status while you yeah. worked there as <laughs> a so. as a booker. Tell me about your time working there in that capacity. You know, before I ever worked at Smart Bar, I was talking to Garrett uh, David, who was a a queen resident there, and I was over at his house one day, and my friend Nate Sider was the was the the booker at the time, mm-hmm. and I heard a a whisper that Nate might want to leave, and I said to my friend Garrett, I said, I don't even know how this would happen, but I want that job someday, and completely coincidentally, Nate called me 
and said, you know, I, I'm thinking about leaving, but, you know, I, I need no, a new assistant and I want you to come in and interview for it. And I did. And that was the day that I met the person who has for sure changed my life almost as much as any other. And that was Joe Shanahan. I remember in the interview, he said, I don't know, even if it's not this job, Mm -hmm. we're going to work together. And I knew it and he knew it. It was just one of those things. And I did come to work for him then as the assistant. That was a job that previously had been done by younger people. And I had to have a second and third job to be able to take it. But I knew that someday, hopefully, I would be able to, to take the big job as booker. And that did happen. And when it did, you know, my life changed forever. And I think I made some decisions at the time that, you know, right off the bat, because I, I sliced and diced the residence program. Mm-hmm. I st- started booking different kind of DJs. I think every booker does their own thing and yeah. they do their best. Yeah. Um, and so there's no one right way to do it. Uh, but I, I went in and I made changes. And at first, I would say they were very unpopular. And there was a, a sort of dip. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I, you know, I had very strong opinions about how I wanted to do things, and I felt very much like I probably alienated the city. And there was a lot of who is this person, you know, because I'm not from here. Um, it didn't matter that I've been here for more than a decade. You know, you're not a Chicagoan. What are you doing in this job? <laughs> We're very possessive. In very that possessive. Way. <laughs> very insular. But slowly, things started to kind of change, and. Uh, the club started to really become talked about internationally in a different way, and something has has happened in the last few years. I think the residence program is largely what drives that, and um, even though I am not the booker now, my former assistant, Jason Garden, is, and I think he and I very much share a point of view, and I'm so incredibly proud of what he's done, and I've stayed on as a uh, resident, resident for life, and uh, <laughs> and I have an honorary title of the music director in absentia, <laughs> which means I don't do anything. <laughs> it's one of those legacy jobs that, uh, you know, because your dad owns the company. So. <laughs> right. It just means that when Jason has a bad day, I have to take his call 24 hours a day. You really do. Thank you so much for joining me. I could not be happier to have you in the studio right now. I've, I've long been a fan, and this is this is fantastic. You're so kind. Thank you. 